Um, so last weekend, several people standing up here right now attended the Racial Equity Institute. Um, Jeremiah and I were also there, but we were with the kids, so we did not attend the session. Um, but I have attended it before, several years ago, when it was offered at Duke. And so the Racial Equity Institute is an organization, I'm just going to share what it says on their website really quick. It says that we help individuals and organizations to develop tools to challenge patterns of power and grow in equity. And when I think of that part about challenging patterns of power, I really think about Romans 12 and where it talks about the patterns of this world, how we shouldn't be transformed to the patterns of this world. So I think that when we take a Christian lens to this approach, we can think about how this kind of learning can renew our minds and can shape us um, to be more like Christ and to develop communities that are honoring to him. Um, so um, the Racial Equity Institute offers several different kinds of workshops, but in this particular case, City Well, which is another church in the Lakewood neighborhood, had invited uh, many organizations and churches in the area to sponsor, um, to sponsor this particular workshop. And so it happened on Saturday morning. It was several hours long. I believe there were 250 people there, and there were 80 people on the wait list. Um, so a lot of people showed up for this, which I think is really amazing. And so Chris just asked that um, several people would share testimonies, share something that they gained from this experience. Um, so if it's okay, we can, just go, we can just go down the line. So Joe, if you would uh, care to share some of the things that you felt like God was showing you. Yeah, so um, I thought of two things. I thought um, we've been going through Philippians, and there's the verse in Philippians that says, uh, don't look to your own consideration, but think of others as better than yourself. That's in Philippians, right? Yeah. Um, and I thought about how racism sort of makes that impossible from the very beginning because you consider yourself as better than others. Um, and then another thing is, Stephanie, I didn't even think of Romans 12. It's a Holy Spirit coordination. We did not talk about that, but that's a perfect thing, perfect verse for the next part. Um, the next thing I thought about was how people often play off personal sin against systemic sin or structural sin. And I thought you really can't separate them because we all come into the world with patterns already established in the world. And before we make any choices personally about how to relate to people, the world's already trying to make us complicit in its patterns and structures of sin. Um, and it's so hard to see the ways that we might contribute to those bigger systemic things that... Uh, we really need the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to help us see how we might be complicit, um, how we might be tempted to be complicit in those structures. Um, and so it's just a prayer that the Lord would save us from uh, self-deception um, and help see our calling uh, as to how we're supposed to um, fight against and challenge uh, those those um, structural sins as well. Awesome. Thanks. Okay, Nate. Yeah. Um, I guess I just have a few little things that I've been thinking about this week that tie into last Saturday's training. One was a conference we were at, some of us were at back in the spring. And uh, one of the speakers at the conference in one of the sessions said that the, the power and principality the evil force in America that's been active in this country is white supremacy. And I just, I mean, if we look around at what's going on now, 
can see that that's in play. Um, I think one of the things that I was reflecting on from the from the from the training was just that the way we don't see what's going on. A lot of the uh, well, a lot of the time, we being white white people in America don't see the reality of like systemic and structural racism and how that affects people who aren't white. Um, I feel like, I guess I've been thinking about this week, seeing all the comments and things about the very overt displays of racism and how I don't see in, in the bigger picture, I don't see people talking about like the bigger thing, I don't know. At the training, it seemed like we were talking about the structural, the systemic things that are behind the overt display. So like, well, this, this basically sums up my thoughts. I was at Biscuitville recently, I think uh, yesterday morning or something. I'm sitting there eating my biscuit. And there's two guys next to me in the booth next to me, a younger black man and an older black man. And they're talking about Charlottesville. They're talking about uh, Durham, the taking down of that mon that statue, and w and the younger guy just says, "Ain't no statue gonna stop no racism." So we can take down all the monuments, we can take down the statues, but that doesn't mean racism is gone. And we can stop, and people can stop saying like, people in power can stop saying racist things, but that might mean that some of the overt stuff is gone. And that's those things are important and need to happen, but. It's not like, I think the whole history of our nation involves racism and white supremacy. And that was the thing I took away from the conference or the, um, the training and how to move forward with that is with humility. And I don't know where, what I need to do. So here we are. Thanks, Nate. Um, so very similar to what Nate and Joe have already shared is just I went in and everything that they said wasn't surprising, but was surprising. And in a, in a strange way where it's like, I knew these things, but I didn't know any of these things. And it felt like a paradigm ship, shift where um, just this analogy that they had used was really powerful, this idea of groundwater and how we traditionally do fix fixing is what they said it, where we try to treat these overt, um, inequalities that we see or that we point to things like Charlottesville and we say that is what racism is. Um, and like what Nate was saying, it's, it's in the little things that we don't see and I feel like God really opened up my eyes to see some of those things. Like I never thought of it as, yeah, I am 50% less likely when I call my mom that she's going to tell me that she has diabetes because of the systemic problem that is racism in our society and that was just heartbreaking and also like how do we see these things if someone's not going to show us these things or if we're not going to be open to letting God show us this and at one point they said I mean it's a three-hour workshop we don't ha we didn't come up with solutions at the end and part of me and they were like this is a pretty common thing is that you want a solution and I was like okay you're telling me this whole problem I'm seeing it but now what um and I think that's just where leaning into our faith and knowing that God restores us is so important and the only like hope we really have in face of 
this thing that's been going on for hundreds of years, and I really, longer than that. And it made me think of the book study that we had done in a small group earlier this year called Disunity. Um, and this idea that we do this in the Christian faith too, is we label and separate people based off of whatever like easy thing it is to say, oh, you're a male or female, you're black, you're white, you're um, Christian, you're Muslim, and then we'll make a whole bunch of, a host of assumptions based off just this one label. And to me, the only thing that I could see a way forward was not to come up with some quick solution, but to just starting to get to know each individual as an individual like that I meet and just trying to have these conversations over and over and over again as I keep waking up to being able to see what I had not seen before. And so just trust God will continue to do that. Thank you, Erin. Good morning. My name is Elizabeth. I went to this training as well. I agree with everything that's been said. And to add, I guess, uh, agree about the, the fixing that if you're somebody, you go to the doctor, the doctor can fix symptoms. But if you keep going back to your house and you have mold in your house, you're going to keep getting sick. And so it's really important to understand the causes of what's happening. And so the reason that we can't come up with solutions in a three-hour training is that racism is really complicated. And there's a lot to learn. And we have to take a long time to learn, a long time to learn about how these systems of oppression are um, making things, like you, you were saying about diabetes, like that's invisible to me unless I, I learn that, unless I see, oh, there are ways in which I'm biased that I don't realize that I'm biased. Um, I wrote down a few quotes because I'm forgetful and need to, need to remember things. Um, and so they were saying that racism isn't, isn't only just this, this Charlottesville active hatred. It's thinking that I'm not racist, but acting disproportionately towards people of color unbeknownst to me. It's, it's invisible. And something that was hopeful to me is there was this study of preschool teachers that, um, uh, of all races, and they treated um, white kids better than black kids. And when the psychologists told these preschooler, preschool teachers about their biases, they, were, they received that really well and wanted the study to be published. And so that, that was something that was hopeful to me, that if if we can humbly look at our own our own lives and listen and think about ways that that we're actively or passively um, hurting other people, um, I think we can unlearn ways that we've that that we're patterned and um, uh, how, we're, how how Joe was saying we're born into a system and these systems tell us how we how we need to act and we can unlearn that if we if we take the time to learn. So. Thanks so much, Elizabeth. Yeah, so I would encourage everyone to snag these people during lunch and ask them more about it and to consider going um, sometime in the future. Um, yeah, I think that when I first attended the workshop, I was coming to a point of accepting that um, systemic inequalities were real in our country. But when I attended this workshop, I felt like they really showed me that. Um, I am trained as a scientist, so they showed us lots of data. And that was really convincing to me because I felt like I wasn't being asked to buy into an idea, but that I was being shown the truth of what was really happening. So I'm really grateful that, um, that Oak Church was um, able to participate in this opportunity right here in, in our city of Durham that we love. All right, thank you. <laughs>